Hi, folks. As you probably guessed, I am not John Miller. I am Blaze Media's congressional correspondent, Nate Madden, and I'm filling in on today's White House brief. Now, this afternoon, the House of Representatives passed Congress's massive spending deal with veto-proof majorities. Now, it's going to head off to the Senate, where it's also expected to pass, and then head along to President Trump's desk for signature. You know, it all just goes to show that even with the divisive impeachment circus going on in our nation's capital, Congress can always come together when it comes to spending more of your money and saddling your kids and your grandkids with more crippling national debt. I'm going to be talking to Chip Roy, a conservative congressman from Texas on today's show, about what's going on with this spending deal, why it went through, and everything else like that. But before we get to that, we need to hear a quick word from one of our sponsors. If you don't know your numbers, you don't know your business. It's that simple. And that's what NetSuite by Oracle has set out to solve. Why do so many businesses fail? Well, they fail because they don't have clear pictures of their finances. I mean, are you really confident You've got the right numbers at your fingertips when you've got this hodgepodge of systems. Because let me tell you, I've been in situations where you've got like a million different systems and you have no idea where everything is because you've got one system for accounting. You've got one system for sales. You've got one for inventory. You've got one for the workflow. You've got another for HR. It's a mess. And you nor I have time to deal with all of that. And I guarantee you, your business will suffer if you're working with all those systems. If you're serious about your business, use what serious entrepreneurs and finance teams use, which is NetSuite. It's the world's number one cloud business system. It offers you a full picture, all your finances, all in one place, in real time, right from your phone or your desktop. So no more guessing, no more worrying that you you might not know if you could kill your company just in a hot second because of the mess that you have. So NetSuite customers, in fact, they grow three times faster than the S&P 500, and you can too. Schedule your free demo right now and receive their free guide, Seven Key Strategies to Grow Your Profits, at netsuite.com slash WHB. Go there now, set up your free demo, and get your free guide today at netsuite.com slash WHB. That is netsuite.com slash WHB. I'm joined now by Congressman Chip Roy. He's a conservative Republican from Texas. He's a member of the House Freedom Caucus, and he's one of the most vocal opponents of this spending bill, you know, or has been for the whole, you know, almost 24 hours that we've had the legislative text for it. Congressman, how are you doing today? Well, I'm doing great. It's my kids and grandkids that are going to be paying this bill in the future that aren't doing too great today. But uh, yeah, thanks for asking. Yeah, mine too, unfortunately. So let's talk about this thing. You went through, you and your staff went through this entire bill to find the provisions that were actually in it before voting on it, which seems like a novel concept for Congress when it comes to spending. What were some of the problems that you found with this spending deal? Well, uh, yesterday we got about 2,300 pages of legislation in the form of two omnibus spending bills that were dropped at about 4.30 in the afternoon from all the masters of the universe and the powers that be that run the committees of jurisdiction, the appropriators and the leadership team, both sides of the aisle. They dumped this on your desk to say, here you go, we're gonna vote on this tomorrow. Sure enough, we voted on the rule this morning. We voted on final passage at uh, about 1.30 this afternoon, uh, which means we had less than 24 hours to pour over 2,300 pages of $1.4 trillion in spending. That's over and 100 now, pages an hour. Right. I mean, you know, so I, my staff was here at midnight pouring over the bill. We had different teams pouring over it, uh, you know, that we were comparing notes. And here's the bottom line. The bill spent about $50 billion more than 2019 level spending. 
Uh, we'd be busting the caps that we busted in July by a lot of money. Uh, we are including in this bill a whole bunch of policymaking that shouldn't be in there. We have a seven-year extension of the XM Bank, which is basically a giveaway to Boeing. We have a big, uh, big tobacco-supported 21-year uh, requirement on tobacco purchasing. Uh, and basically, have Republicans running away from full Obamacare repeal by doing more of the piecemeal partial repeal in the form of some of these popular tax breaks that really, in truth, undermine the whole idea of what we ought to be doing from a healthcare freedom standpoint. I could go on and on, but the bottom line is, big bloated spending bill, people didn't have time to read it, jammed through, lots of stuff larded onto it, and it's gone to the president's desk. And the president, by the way, last spring, he said, hey, I got a $1.3 trillion bill that no one could read, and I'm never gonna sign a bill like this again. Well, Mr. President, it's time to veto this one. Now we've got an almost $1.4 trillion bill that people had even less time to read. So yep. you're saying the president should veto this. Now, you know, what do you say to the arguments that we can't shut the government down? The president Trump shouldn't veto this. This is worked out by negotiators. This is just the cake that was baked and we have to deal with it. Utter and complete nonsense. Uh, first, we had veto-proof majorities in the House that passed it today. So take it for a spin, veto it, and dare Congress to uh, hold the line and, and stand behind the bill. If they do veto it, pass a two-week, one-month two-month CR and keep the government going at 2019 levels and then get busy fixing the bill so that it is not larded with a bunch of stuff and spends it at a reasonable level. But uh, they don't want to do that. They want to use the pressure of Christmas jet fumes in order to jam through the biggest spending, uh, most robust policy package that they can get done with all of their goodies attached to it, including bills that they know are very difficult to pass on their own. This is the way the swamp works. This is what the president ran against. This is why the president should veto it. This is why I voted no. This is why more members should vote no. Now, look, 120 or 30, I can't remember the exact numbers, Republicans voted against it. That's great. A majority of Republicans voted against it. But we had way too many Republicans who voted for this in concert with Democrats to move this pork-laden uh, monstrosity through. Now, you've been in Congress less than a year now. Before that, you worked in Congress. You know, from your assessment, having been on both sides of it as a staffer and as a member, why do you think we continually, time and time and time again, see these sorts of things where we get up against a government shutdown deadline, everybody freaks out and says you can't shut down the government, and then you end up with a bunch of pork in situations like this? Why does this keep happening to the American people and their wallets? Well, you say I've been here for less than a year. I got to tell you, it kind of feels like dog years. I kind of feel like I'm, I've been here for about seven years, uh, in the equivalent. But uh, it keeps happening because people here in Washington uh, are inevitably going to take the easy way out, right? Uh, that's just what they're going to do. And they're not interested in having a fight on spending when there's no direct impact to a voter. It's a more theoretical issue. People talk about $23 trillion of debt. I say that a lot. I talk about $100 million of debt an hour that we are racking up. That is a true number. In fact, it's probably more than that now after this bloated bill. Some of my colleagues on the floor kept saying today what this bill provides for the American people. It provides nothing. It borrows. The American people provide through hard work and innovation and entrepreneurial activity. And the government is the thing that's in the way of that. The government doesn't provide. The government is borrowing and they're borrowing to the tune of the uh, $23 trillion that we currently have and now perpetuating the future that will bankrupt our kids and our grandkids. 
Let's talk about some of these policy provisions that you talked about, the stuff that wouldn't otherwise pass. What does it say to the American people? What does it say for regular folks when their Congress gets together and says, okay, we're going to take all these controversial things like raising the tobacco purchase age, like funding for Afghanistan, like you know, uh, dealing with Obamacare taxes, partial piecemeal Obamacare repeal, all these other things that are involved in here that you listed earlier. When they get together and say, okay, we're just going to put this thing together in a big must-pass bill and then shuttle it off to the president's desk. Well, I think it speaks for itself. Uh, And I think this is one of the problems Republicans are going to have when they differentiate themselves in 2020. Uh, Republicans have to stand up for something and win minds and hearts. And making yourselves slightly less bad than Democrats ain't a winning message. We need to be standing up for fiscal responsibility. We need to be standing up for limited government. We need to be standing up for secure borders. You know, this bill had some provisions in there to help secure the borders with more wall building, but we have miles to go. And uh, frankly, I'm glad you mentioned the Afghanistan piece because we should be giving a clear mission for our men and women in uniform. And we saw the Afghanistan papers over the last two weeks and the stories breaking with the Washington Post where very legitimate questions have been raised about what we're actually accomplishing there. I don't know why we're asking any more of our men and women in uniform to risk their lives, many of whom are enlisting now for a war that was authorized before they were born. I think Congress needs to speak with one voice, one clarity, with a mission that we can get behind and not just continue to let this proceed. And guess what? We just voted to fund it. I mean, I didn't, but and 120 of my colleagues didn't, but this body voted to continue to fund engagement and activities in Afghanistan. I think that's a questionable uh, decision. Do you think Congress is ever going to really earnestly address what came out in the Afghanistan papers, either through hearings or anything like that? You know, I hope so. I hope right now they're just in sort of an impeachment haze and a bill funding haze and a USMCA haze and you know, heading out for Christmas. And I hope when we get back in January, we should address it. We should have hearings on it. We should have multiple hearings on it. Uh, We should be making a real decision about what's in the interest of the United States in terms of our engagement. Congress is given the power to declare war. I think the president should be given a great deal of latitude to prosecute a war and to carry out our foreign policy and national security as commander in chief. But Congress declares war. We are 18 years past the initial authorization of force. We should take a long, hard look at what we're doing in Afghanistan in particular. And generally, we have people in 12 countries under the authorization that was passed in September of 2001, over 18 years ago. Well, Congressman, thank you for coming on. Thank you for discussing this massive, massive spending deal debacle with us. And thank you for keeping up the conservative fight in the House of Representatives. Hope you have a Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Thanks, Nate. Hey guys, thank you for listening to the White House Brief Podcast. If you haven't already, remember to subscribe to the podcast. Please rate it. And if you feel like doing it, please leave a review. It really helps us out. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time.